I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few weeks ago, I planted a fresh round of vegetables in the garden, just in time for our Lord's teaching today from John 15, where he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. One of the greatest lessons I've learned from all my gardening misadventures is how much easier it is to just buy food from the grocery store. It takes so much time and attention and patience and persistence and pruning and weeding, not to mention water and sunlight in order for a plant to bear fruit, much like the Christian life. We could say much like the spiritual life, because the fruit of the Holy Spirit cannot be manifested apart from the Holy Spirit. But we can also rightly, and I think importantly, say the Christian life. Because according to our Lord's own teaching, we also cannot bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit apart from him which is to say, apart from our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says in today's gospel, quite bluntly, apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is a very strong word. As a matter of fact, it is an exclusive word, and one that even chafes against our modern sensibilities. Jesus does not say, apart from me, life will be a bit more challenging, or Apart from me, you can accomplish some things or most things or the essentials anyway. No, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But rather than hear these words as exclusionary, we do well to consider them almost in a scientific sense. For example, like the relationship between a vine and its branches. When I prune a branch from one of my pepper plants, when the branch is physically separated from the stem, I don't lay it in the dirt and hold my breath and hope that it will somehow bear fruit. That branch separated from that stem is done. That's just how it works. And so it is with us and our Lord. We are the branches, Jesus is the vine. And apart from him, he says, we can do nothing. However, if we abide in him, if we are connected to him, united to him, if we dwell in him and he in us, then we will, he says, bear much fruit. Bearing fruit. This is the purpose of the Christian life. This is our calling. It is our vocation. It is the reason that we have been created and redeemed in Christ. What kinds of fruit are we to bear in our lives? St. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, describes the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In contrast to the works of the flesh, which he says are plain, these are, he names them, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. 
in contrast to these works of the flesh, is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, St. Paul writes, is love. And in the Greek, it is the agape love, the self-sacrificing love, the divine love of God himself. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It has been pointed out by more than a few theologians that St. Paul, in describing the fruit of the Spirit, does so using a singular rather than a plural noun. So he does not say the fruits of the Spirit are, but rather the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is. The list, then, does not represent nine different kinds of fruit, but a single fruit with nine different attributes or qualities or characteristics. In other words, the Christian calling is not to bear two or three or maybe even four of the fruits of the Spirit and to leave the rest to the more virtuous and faithful people, leave the rest to the saints of the church, No, we are called, each and every one of us, to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that single fruit embodies and expresses each one of these characteristics. Shall we hear them once more and imagine them in a comprehensive way as a single fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're thinking, how in the world am I going to bear that fruit? Well, for starters, let's refer back to point number one, that apart from Jesus, we cannot do it. That much is plain. But if we abide in him and he in us, He tells us, he assures us, he promises us that we are able to bear a whole mess of this fruit. The reason that we cannot bear this fruit on our own is because it is holy. This fruit is divine. This fruit is a manifestation of the qualities and the virtues and the holiness of God himself. What makes Jesus so essential to the equation is that Jesus is God himself, who has taken our nature upon him. He is the word of God made flesh. One of the most beautiful and illuminating parts of this teaching is that the vine and the branches are made from the same stuff. They all share the same tissue and fiber and cells. This material stuff This is our humanity. Jesus' statement, I am the vine, you are the branches, is a powerful proclamation of his incarnation, his taking of human flesh. God the Father is the vine dresser, he's the gardener, and his Son, our Lord, inhabits the created world as one of the vines. Just as God the Father is the creator of the heavens and earth, And our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, inhabits the created world. 
in the incarnation as one of God's creations, as a human being. Now, united to the vine, our Lord Jesus Christ, it is possible for the life of God, the energies of God, the Holy Spirit of God to flow into us, the branches, into our souls and bodies, so that the fruit of the Holy Spirit might be made manifest in our lives. Notice, by the way, the triune imagery as well, the manifestation of the Holy Trinity. The Father is the vine dresser, the Son is the vine, and the Holy Spirit flows through and gives life through the vine to the branches. Speaking to this, the role of the Holy Spirit in this teaching, St. Cyril of Alexandria writes, Unless the branch is provided with the life-producing sap from its mother, the vine, how will it bear grapes, or what fruit will it bring forth, and from what source? For no fruit of virtue will spring up anew in those of us who have fallen away from intimate union with Christ. To those, however, who are joined to the one who is able to strengthen them and who nourishes them in righteousness, the capacity to bear fruit will readily be added by the provision and grace of the Spirit, which is like a life-producing water. The Holy Spirit, St. Cyril says, is like a life-producing water. How then do we get connected branches to the vine? How do we actually abide in Christ and he in us? Well, this connection, this spiritual union begins in baptism. Through the waters of baptism, our sins are forgiven and that life-producing water of the Holy Spirit is poured into us, grafting us into the vine, the body of Christ. Having begun, our union continues and is strengthened through communion, the Holy Eucharist. It's worth mentioning that our Lord's teaching here about the vine and the branches takes place in the upper room on the night before he died, having celebrated and inaugurated this sacrament of his body and blood. Holy Communion is the spiritual food and drink that strengthens our connection with Jesus the vine and nourishes our branches to bear the fruit of the Spirit. How else can we abide in Christ and he in us? Our faith, our prayers, our worship, our resting in his presence and in his word, the Holy Scriptures, all these aid our union with Christ. And the baptismal covenant itself also serves as an instructive guide in our effort to stay connected to Jesus. In the baptismal covenant, we promise, or it has been promised for us, that with, with God's help, we promise to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers. To persevere in resisting evil, and whenever we fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. To proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. To seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourself. And to strive for justice and peace among all people, and respect the dignity of every human being. 
All these spiritual disciplines aid us in our effort to stay connected to our Lord Jesus Christ. Bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit is our calling as Christians. And if we abide in Christ and he in us, we will bear much fruit. But we do well to remember that Jesus also says that every branch that does bear fruit, God the Father prunes. Just because we're bearing fruit does not mean we will not be pruned. In fact, being pruned is the natural result of bearing fruit. It's almost as if we can expect to be pruned. We should expect to be pruned. Why does God the Father prune us? To hurt us? No. To punish us? No. To humiliate or demean us? Goodness, no. Our Lord says that every branch that does bear fruit, the Father prunes that it may bear more. The Father prunes our lives so that we will bear more fruit. Here are some interesting questions to ponder. When and where has God the Father done pruning in our lives? Did we recognize this? Were we aware of it? Are we able, when it is happening, to recognize this pruning as the hand of our loving Father in heaven? Bishop N.T. Wright makes this very insightful observation. He writes, God is glorified, and so will we be, by bearing good quality fruit and lots of it. But for that to happen, there will be extra growth that needs cutting away. That, too, he says, is an intimate process. Listen to this. The vine dresser is never closer to the vine, taking more thought over its long-term health and productivity than when he has the knife in his hand. Any gardener will know this to be true. The observation we make of our plants is most detailed when we are there trying to care for and prune them that they would be more healthy and bear more fruit. N.T. Wright says, We must be ready for the Father's pruning knife. May God the Father give us grace to abide in his Son, that our lives may produce an abundance of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that his joy may be in us, and that our joy may be full. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.